G'day and welcome to Turning Your Cruising Dreams into Reality podcast. This episode is brought to you by Noel and Jackie's Journeys. Travelling the world by barge, sailboat, camel, horse or bike, it's all there on their website, nolanjackiesjourneys.com. This episode is brought to you by Pantenius Yacht Insurance. I'm going to talk to you today about some interesting reflections on living your life on the water. And it's from an article I wrote a little while ago. The Beginning of the End Reality Reflections I didn't talk to my husband for two days because his peculiar answers to my perhaps naive nautical questions left me bewildered. Back then, as a mere fledgling to sailing, my raw researching met brutal honesty head-on. With travel and freedom gnawing at our vitals, we searched for a sailboat that was to be our home too. I tried to understand and calculate all the unknowns, like the financials and what exactly was I letting myself in for. How much does it cost to buy and maintain a boat? I asked. Coming from the corporate world, I was gearing up to write in-depth budget plans. I was completely scuppered when Noel gave me a look that would have instantly staled a baguette. And he replied, Well, it's going to take every penny we've got. Ah, right, well, um, so what's so great about sailing anyway? I asked expecting to be assailed with vivid pictures of slicing splendidly through clear flat water, palm trees etched on the skyline and white sandy beaches supplying a dreamlike backdrop. This image shattered as Noel's ruthless reply tore through my reverie. Getting to port and the local bar, was his honest reply. Eight years later, and with over 40,000 miles under our keel, I can now see the wisdom in his answers. Long-term cruising is an incredible adventure. It's also hard work. Arriving in a new country or town, our thoughts steer to, how do we check in? Where do we get fuel and potable water? How much is it? We get together with other cruisers, and the men talk amps and engines, the girls talk laundry and supermarkets. So aside from reflecting on our magnificent voyage, I thought I'd share a few ludicrous learnings that I've learnt along the way. But first, let's be positive. Our escapade divorces and insulates us from the world's day-to-day problems. We are not ashamed to bury our heads in the sand and enjoy, while we can, the ignorance-is-bliss scenario. While landlubbers, we had found that the TV news never changed. It was sad and depressing, today and tomorrow. While cruising, we frequently met like-minded people of all nationalities, where age is no friendship barrier. Hooking up with similar-sized boats and sharing the ocean brings the comfort of companionship and the joy in sharing the dolphins that play on our bow during those perfect sailing days. 
Mostly, cruising provides the freedom to live simply. We have no letterbox where small bits of paper and large numbers intrude into our sanctuary, sucking dry the bank account to allow landlubber luxuries. And yes, there is the odd G&T, vodka for me please, while watching spectacular sunsets and performing anchor pirouettes. Over the years, advice, hints and tips have deluged our salt-saturated minds. But there is always more to learn. Here are some little gems that we learned along the way. Number one. Constipation. The most fluid of us struggle on long trips. That comfy cockpit seat will become well acquainted with your behind when you're on watch causing what we refer to as the cork effect. Number two, seasickness. The toughest of us will become seasick. After corkscrewing down unrelenting ways for 48 hours, your tummy will give up all hope of hanging on to anything. Most of us unwillingly feed the fish at some point. It's a bit like puberty, you've just got to get through it. Despite suicidal thoughts during the worst bouts of seasickness, once you have reached the sanctuary of a good anchorage and spent a few days in flat water being able to hug a tree, going back out into the lumpy sea suddenly becomes a very good idea again. On the plus side, it's a great diet. Number three. Toilet tantrums. At some point, most marine toilets will block If you have not been allocated the repair task, take this advice. Leave the boat. Leave the boat while it's being fixed because build-up of pressure while trying to pump it clear will create the most spectacular explosion. So disappearing at this time will help avoid a good dose of number five, which is arguments. But let's do number four first. Landlubbers. Your farewell from home will be tearful, exciting and filled with unfulfilled promises from friends and family who assure you they will keep you up to date on home happenings. After two years, you will be grateful for an email once every six months from your bestest buddies, all of which think you spend your entire life sitting on the aft deck sipping g and Number five. Arguments. The closest relationship will suffer at times. Falling out with your spouse is inevitable, especially when you are woken three and a half minutes before you are due on watch at 3am. Learn to talk about it and laugh. It can get damn lonely otherwise. Number six, moon fright. That moon is a crafty bugger. You know it is due up, but as you next scan the horizon for boats, there is a luminous light that assumes the shape of an approaching aircraft carrier. This will be the moon, strategically cloaked with black cloud to form heart-stopping shapes. However, the moon will become your body, especially dealing with number five, arguments. Number seven, cravings. Two days into a long-haul sail, you would desperately desire all those things you haven't got. Roast chicken, ice cream... Number eight, spiders. Having an abhorrence to the skittering critters, my husband assured me that life on board meant no spiders. 
Well, this seemed reasonable. After all, we were away from land a lot of the time. The reality of the situation is that their skin-crawling friends love dark hidey holes on the boat. I am sure we have been responsible for interbreeding crawly critters from different countries, probably creating a whole new weird and wonderful breed. Number nine. Time. Boat maintenance is a full-time job. That's in addition to washing, cleaning and sourcing supplies. If you are fortunate to momentarily catch up, item three, which was toilet tantrums, will fill the gaps. At the end of each day, you'll just have time to read a page or two of that book you've always wanted to read before you're fast asleep. Fishing. You will fish once per trip. After you have battled and heaved the huge dolphin fish on board and it has thrashed itself to death, splattering blood all over the clean white cockpit and your battle-weary body, the fishing gear will gather salt in the lazarette for the rest of the journey. By the next trip, you will have forgotten all about this sticky mess and you will merrily break out the fishing lines once again. Number 11. Sinking. On your watch, typically in the graveyard hours, you'll do a routine check of the bilge for the last time before the welcome warmth of bed and the bilge will be full of water. Instantaneously you are wide awake and you have no problem in screeching at your partner who is obviously having their best sleep ever. Turning the mains off is not an option and two hours later you will find the problem is something as simple as lack of grease in the stern gland. Finally, you'll crawl into bed and the stampeding adrenaline will keep you awake until 20 minutes before you are due back on watch. Number 12. Plip-plop. You will lose something overboard. Deal with it. It's gone. 13. Fitness. Sailing will not make you super fit, although you do become trim. See number two, seasickness. 14. Turning back. Face facts. The storm you can no longer punch into has beaten you. It is not a failure to turn back. It is common sense and above all, the boats and your safety. Number 15. On a long passage. If you are like us, without a fridge, then... Once the fresh food has all gone, you will need to resort to tinned food. After about a week, all tinned food will taste the same with that unmistakable metallic flavour. 16. Dust. It will collect with intensity, especially in those tiny, boat-shaped, awkward places. 17. Company. Your partner is only ten feet away sleeping below. At that time, when you are on watch, it is the same as single-handing. It can be lonely, but that's maybe a good thing if you're dealing with seasickness, toilet tantrums or arguments. Number 18. Plunging. On moonless nights, you will plunge into thick darkness, with peripheral vision coming to a shocking end at the bow of your boat. It's best not to dwell on this too much. 19. Meteorites. The dark nights are abundant with shooting stars. But watch for the big ones. Without notice, a spotlight will beam down on you while you are sitting quietly in the cockpit, minding your own business. You'll imagine a huge ship bearing down on you before you realise it's just an enormous bright meteorite. This will cause you to lose another few million heartbeats. And number 20. Advice. 
Some will be good, and some, well, let's just say, will be totally fictitious. You will meet some gold medal winning know-it-alls along the way. It's like this article. Is it fact or is it fiction? Well, the best way is to get out there and find out for yourself. Thanks for joining me today. This is Jackie Parry from Sistership Training. I hope you enjoyed this fun episode. Remember, while this is all in good humour, there are some good pieces of advice in this story. But mostly, it is just to see the funny side of your life on the water. If you'd like to read the story, head on over to sistershiptraining.com and click on Articles. And check out our other podcasts and videos while you're there. I wish you safe sailing.